Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, everybody, welcome to a Christmas edition of Talking Buffalo Podcast. I almost say casual Friday because I got Joe Yurden with me, but it's actually casual Thursday. I've been saying it for a podcast on this podcast for a while now. Uh, this week and next week, we're going to do Thursday shows. Not going to drop Friday episodes on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thanks, as always, for, for locking in. Joe Yurden, writer, podcaster, sports media personality, good friend of mine. Somebody, it's we were just we were talking for a couple minutes on air before or off air, I should say, before we started taping. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas week. People are going to be listening to this. Hopefully, they're going to be listening. You know, shortly before Christmas. Got to be honest though, it's COVID and just I mean, just other things, man. It's it's kind of taken. It's playing Grinch. This year, yeah, you know, and last year, but we expected it last year. I was really hoping things would be a lot better this year than they were at this time of year ago. But here we are again, man. But we make do, man. We make do. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing as well as you can with uh, without a white Christmas, I guess. Yeah. With with COVID everywhere, and yeah, it's uh, hard to be upbeat, really, honestly, because yeah. it's just like, oh man, it it. It feels and it doesn't feel like March 2020 all over again. Like it does because it's everywhere and everybody's getting it, but it doesn't feel as bad for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because everything's still open. Right. Maybe that's maybe that's what's doing it. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, tough to keep tough to keep in a positive frame of mind with all of this because because, yeah, it's uh, it's annoying. It's it's very annoying. It is. And. You know, the last thing, especially in a Christmas episode, by mm-hmm. the way, for everyone listening, this is the 399th episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast. I just looked it up before we started. 399 episodes. That's pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, man, this is Christmas. We should be upbeat, holly jolly, whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. it's just hard, man. I mean, life's real. You know, life's real. I told you, and I'm not going to get into it on this podcast, but uh, just the, the Cliff Notes version, uh, we have a big family Christmas Eve tradition with a large gathering and a family member of mine just tested positive a teenager by the way tested positive for covid and a lot of those family members watched the bills panthers game last week together so out of a caution now you know people are getting tested and just staying away so it sucks man it it does it sucks It, it really does i'll tell you i came i went to florida last week which was part work part fun a lot of fun um and I guess, you know, look, in fairness, and, and don't get me wrong, COVID is obviously a big thing in Florida. It's a big thing mm-hmm. everywhere. But just being back and being cold and, like you said, no snow and it's just freezing out right now. I'm like, I got to be honest with you, man. And, you know, I shouldn't be coming back to my hometown and talking shit about it. I'm not trying to shit on Buffalo, but maybe it's because of the time of year. You know, if I went to Florida in July and August and then came back and you and I did this episode, I'd be like, oh, man, it was so hot. It rained every day. I couldn't even mm-hmm you know, sweating to death, but that's not the case, man. It was December. It was beautiful, gorgeous, no humidity. And then I come back, we're taping this Wednesday. I went to Target and uh, Dick's with my son this morning and got a couple last minute Christmas things and small things. I was freezing my ass off, man. Wind, I got a skull cap on. (laughs) Even if I, even, you know what, even if you're, even if your stance is anti-mask for whatever reason, we're not going to get into that, but even if it is, I'll put a damn mask on just to keep my face warm <laughs> when it's like this. You know what I'm saying, man? It's, oh, God, it's it just feels dreary. I think we need snow. We need snow in the next couple of days. I don't know if it's coming. It's Christmas week. Give us some snow. Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be not cold on Christmas Day, and they're talking about rain, and I'm just kind of like, oh, neat. 
for like 40 degrees and rainy it was probably yeah. the worst version of christmas you can get right i think because at least if you're like yeah if you're in florida for christmas and it's 70 and rainy you're just like oh it's raining but at least it's 70 yeah <laughs> you know, not for you know not 38 40 degrees and you're just like the last place you want to be is anywhere outside at any time because it's just it chills you to the bone yeah when it's it like does. that you're just like no it i does. can't i don't want to it deal does. with that it's, it, it's just not it's like the, the the cliche is always like i don't want to rain in your parade well i don't want it to rain on christmas either like that's <laughs> i think that's worse <laughs> Good point. Let's talk about a couple happier things, and then we have no choice, like I said, because once we start talking bills and savers, COVID is kind of dominant with, with them, too, right now. So mm -hmm. we'll circle back to that. Uh, one cool thing for me, and I don't know if you've ever had this opportunity before, but Brian Cozio, who works at WGR, you know, the post-game, pre-game savers guy, good guy. Um, he's also a, a high school teacher at Sweet Home High School, and he coaches, or he's not coaches, he teaches a mass media class. And they're doing podcasting stuff right now. And mm -hmm. he asked me to come out. I had the great honor to uh, be a Zoom to speak to a high school class full of students, which was pretty cool. Weird. Great honor. But I spoke to them about podcasting, you know, just the, uh, the production aspect of it, the concept of putting a podcast together, you know, the, the process of, of getting guests and putting show notes and all that stuff together, man. It was a a really cool uh, thrill to be able to talk to high school students. And they were pretty engaged. I mean, they asked a lot of questions. It was funny. It was like, uh, it was like my 15 minutes of fame. I, I guess I got to feel important for, uh, for a brief period of time talking to high school kids of, about podcasting. But I'll tell you, Joe, and we're going to talk about your podcast in just a second here with you and Lance. But uh, yeah. these things are, are really growing. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Podcasts have been popular for a while now, but they've really exploded. And now, I mean, even in schools, they're, they're teaching 14, 15, 16 year old kids how to, how to podcast and, you know, just to hold the whole process of it. It's pretty cool, man. It's, it's really smart to do, honestly, because you, you want, because the prevalence of just media of all kinds for everybody, especially now that, you know, you, you know, you're in high school, middle school, you've probably got a smartphone on you and you're just inundated with all this stuff. And there's just so much out there and it, it blows my mind because, you know, I grew up, me growing up and like, I was talking about this with some buddies who were like my age that went to college and also did media. We came through at like the absolute worst time possible because the stuff that was like the old technology was like out of date and the mm -hmm. new technology stuff we didn't have access yet to access to yet. So we were screwed. <laughs> like by the time we graduated, we had like no, no, you know, learned experience with you know, with digital editing, both audio and video and, you know, shooting, you know, shooting TV stuff with digital cameras and editing that down and do it, you know, all the stuff that went into that. We had not, we had no access to that. We were our, like our TV news broadcast, we were recording on tapes, like sometimes even beta tapes, like stuff that's like ancient history now. Um, but like when you get into with what kids are growing up with now, podcasting's like instant like podcasting and i'm and honestly i would add in a twitch streamer or two like twitch streamer yeah, YouTube yeah, streamer, yeah, yeah. or something like that i would throw that into the mix um that's i mean that's if i'm te i'm not a teacher i'm not going to pretend to be one but like just the things that are available for people to learn about and you know what you can consume your media through like that's 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 impressive like it's just it's so much stuff and it's smart it's smart to have somebody like you on there to talk about what goes into it because you're really a very self-made guy, honestly. Like you've, yeah. the fact that you're knocking on the door of 400 episodes is nuts. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. And you've been out a lot of those 399 <laughs> episodes without question. You know, what's funny. I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I went in high school back and when I say back in the day, I mean really back in the day, the AB club audio video, I was considered that like nerdy bullshit that nobody mm. really cared about. Now though, that's just cool now, man. Yeah. AB stuff, again, technology is different as now. It makes you wonder, and you and I are in the same boat when it comes to, we have friends in radio, you know, people mm -hmm. that are personal friends in radio and people that are colleagues in radio, I, I people I respect greatly professionally, and I also think are uh, some amazing human beings. But let's be honest here. I think radio people, the the the, the industry to me, and I'm no expert, but my mm. sense anyway, 
is that radio's in trouble, man. It really is because you do have these podcasts, my podcast, yeah. your podcast, many Bills podcasts, many Sabres mm-hmm. podcasts, many just sports in general or just whatever topics. How are they not pushing radio out little by little? Because you just have options. Before, again, when you and I were, not that we're like that old, but we're old enough. When we were coming up, when we were teenagers, we weren't even in our 20s. Mm-hmm. If you lived in Buffalo, you want to hear Bills and Sabres, you're listening to WGR and you don't like it. Tough shit. Yeah. Tough shit, man. That just did. Maybe you get lucky. And a second station alternative would pop up for a little bit and then it would go out of business or whatever. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, you could get by and be fully informed and entertained when it comes to Bills and Sabres content. And I'm just going by sports, not news so much, but uh, you could be fully informed and entertained without ever turning your radio dial on ever at yeah. this point in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough. And I mean, when I when I worked in radio, this was this this was the years be uh, 2003 to 2009, like January 2009 was when I was in radio and even at that point there was concern about podcasts. Now granted it wasn't as widely available. Um people weren't doing it as easy because you know computers were shittier <laughs> then yeah. and being able to to create your own stuff was a lot more difficult because there wasn't a prevalence of audio editing uh, programs and things like that. Those were pretty exclusive things to, you know, to music industry and radio industry. Like you don't, you didn't have stuff like that. And our, you know, by the time I was doing the morning show, you know, we did quote unquote podcasts and all it was, was just taking our interview segments and putting them up on the website. Like it wasn't a podcast. It was just, you know, whatever, you know, five to seven minute segment was sure carving it out of our hour long of audio. And then, throwing it up on the website like that's not a podcast it's just taking the meat of what the show is because it's you know it's a news station and it's a morning show so there's traffic there's weather there's sports and you know there it dominate like all that stuff dominates the hour and your segments are basically limited to like 13 minutes every half hour 10 to 13 minutes every half hour you're limited to doing content which stinks to try to to try to produce for let me tell you but like, even then there was a concern about the prevalence of podcasts and like, it isn't anywhere near, it wasn't anywhere near what it was now, what it is now. And they were, there was some worry there that like more of the stuff was going to go online. And, the, and at that point it was like uh, internet radio was a concern as well because people were just like, Oh geez, you know, what's this about? And then Sirius XM pops up and they're just like, Oh, this is bad too. Sure. You know, perfect signals always, you know, except unless you're in a tunnel or a thunderstorm, you're not going to get it. You know, you're not going to get the, the sound, but it sounds wonderful every night, every time. Um, but radio still persists because it's, it's free and readily available. Yeah. Like, no matter what, like if you got a radio, you can, you, you can tune into it and you can tell it's gotten a little bit more difficult by just the amount of ads that they play because those stations desperately need the advertisements to stay on the air. Sure. And that's that, that, and the ads are the worst part of radio because it gets in the way of everything you're trying to listen to. Yeah. And radio, by the way, pretty much any show on the radio is uh, also available in podcast form nowadays as well too. So mm-hmm. if you don't catch it live, you're not out of luck. You know what I mean? It's on demand, basically same thing as podcasts. One question I did get asked, I think it asked this, Pretty regularly. And it is the one thing, if I can, you know, a little humble brag here that I am proud of. And you kind of alluded to this. This podcast and and myself, for that matter, is completely self-made and self-taught. You know, like I didn't come from this podcast, didn't come from an an established network already. You know, like you have the guys that cover one in in Buffalo Rumblings. I mean, they got six, seven podcasts, a bunch of different people are constantly Mm -hmm. interpromoting within each other. You know, I certainly didn't come from no mainstream outlet. Like I built this brick by brick from, from the ground, no name recognition, no, uh, no media outlet. And in terms of putting the production of this together, dude, so th- I've been doing this for almost four years now, four and a half years ago. I didn't know shit about this. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything. So I'm hot of talking to a microphone. I wasn't even that good at that. I'm not that good at it now either, <laughs> but like, I didn't know anything about editing. I learned everything on my own, like reading, reading, uh, watching countless YouTube videos and stuff like that. How to put up. I never I barely, I listened to a couple of podcasts, but I had no idea how to do it. So yeah, man, I, anybody out there could do it if they're willing to put the time and the effort and spend a little bit of money in. And speaking of, like I said, you guys, you and Lance Lazowski, the Buffalo News have a podcast. We talked about it a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. There was a difference between this week and last week though. And that's this, <laughs> you guys have a name now. The first episode, 
that was a nameless podcast. <laughs> this, folks, is called Maintenance Day. Joe Yurden, Lance Lazowski, which, by the way, now is available on Apple and Spotify, too, right? I yep. think it's, it's now available on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all the, the major pod, podcasting platforms where it matters, where 99% of people listen to, mm-hmm. Maintenance Day is now available. How'd you come up? Let me ask you this, because I haven't talked to you, really, since I, <laughs> since I left for Florida. Uh, how did you guys end up settling on that name? Well, we were we bounced around a lot of ideas, and uh, one one day Lance texts me, and he's, he's like, "How about maintenance days?" And I go, "Ooh, why don't we just drop the last s?" <laughs> like that was my contribution to it. Lance <laughs> came up with the name, and I was just like, I just did my copy editing part. I was like, "No, no, no, let's just let's just drop the s, just maintenance day," you know, because uh, we we always end up talking kind of poking fun at the Sabres injury reports. And we're just always like, all right, like why so-and-so missing? Well, it's a maintenance day. Okay. <laughs> so and considering our podcast is weekly, you know, week to week, being maintenance day, that's perfect. Mondays, I mean, Mondays, by the way. Every Monday, yes. Yeah, Mondays we do it. We record Sunday nights and we, and we, I throw it up there on Mondays. And uh, yeah, it's, it's worked out really good. And, you know, my pal Joanna did the uh, design for us for the, uh, so we could actually put it up on Apple and Spotify because you cool need to look. have, I like it. You need to have like a logo to go with it. So Joanna yep. was very nice, was very kind enough to do that for us. Did, it, she does such unbelievable work. I I will, I will, I will plug her artwork and her abilities like nonstop because she's done she's done so much to help myself out because she did all the stuff for Noted Hockey, uh, but then she also comes up with this uh, for Maintenance Day. So it's it's fantastic like the only the only the only tip i gave her for maintenance day is that we just need blue and gold in the in the color scheming like everything else like you can you can do it so like she's she's brilliant but um but yeah it's 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 wild how it all just kind of it's all come together now and now now the only thing i gotta work out is figuring out how we can record online without the internet making cutting out lance's words every <laughs> every like two minutes because the uh the connection is a little bit harsh i think you know how you do that joe he lance gets better internet <laughs> it's not much uh, <laughs> i'm telling you right now trust me man if there's one thing i do know is like recording methods and i'm telling you now it don't matter like we're using zencast or there's zoom there's there's uh there's skype there's a lot of things there's two ways to ensure that the audio quality is ends up being decent. Number one is you get together in person, which obviously can be very difficult to do, at least consistently. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is got to be in a good internet. You know, it doesn't matter. You could have $2,000 worth of gear right now that I could be talking to you with. And if your internet's crappy and it's going in and out. Yeah. I thought it sounded I, pretty good though, man. I listened to it. Yeah. I, I, I tried to like any, any parts where it was like a real big issue. Cause I can hear it on my end. I, I mean, obviously it's, it's coming through on, you know, my end, I'm recording it. Sure. Um, so like, if I hear it, I'll just like, keep in mind, like, okay, look for that waveform where there's a giant blank space <laughs> and just try to try to edit it carefully. So it at least sounds like it makes sense. I was able to do that a couple of times, but sometimes it's just completely unavoidable. And that stinks because Lance is saying really good stuff, really informative right. stuff. And sometimes it's just, it gets garbled by the internet and chewed up and spit out in some sort of very robotic sound or just no sound at all. But, uh, but that, I mean, like these are like the, you know, the first two episodes, there's going to be some stumbling blocks. There's going to yeah, be some, yeah. there's going to be some stuff, especially because we're, we're doing this organically. We're doing this like straight up without any super professional help. Like I, I'm the, I, I have the audio editing and audio production experience, but like <laughs> 2009 is when I got laid off <laughs> doing radio. It's 12 years. Right. It's over 12, almost 13 years ago. Let me tell you something. Show me a, a really good podcast and I'll show you the first 10 or 15, 20 or more episodes that were garbage. This podcast included because, man, I I don't even like to go back and promote my earliest episodes because <laughs> the audio, which I, I, I just, I, I trial, trial and error, man, because mm-hmm. I used to use a, uh, I forgot what the tool is called, but anyway, it would basically deaden a lot of sound like breathing. I have COPD. So I've always been concerned that, you know, like the, you know, the, the, the breathing mm-hmm. on the microphone could be bad. So I would have software that would get rid of a lot of like the, the breathiness, but I overload. I, I, it was too strong. A noise gate. I use a noise gate that was mm-hmm. too strong and my voice would constantly be cutting out and it sounded ridiculous. It sounded terrible oh, man. at times. So when I go back and hear my first 
handful of episodes, it's like it's cringy and hard. So your your podcast is not even close to that. I mean, okay. it sounds perfectly <laughs> fine. And that's, plus, by that's the way, a relief to hear. <laughs> another another thing too. While we're talking about it here, man, podcasts aren't supposed to be perfect. They're conversations. They're right. You and you and Lance, just like you and I do on Fridays here, are uh, we're having conversations. They're not supposed to be mm-hmm. flaws or perfect. The audio is not supposed to be perfect. Like I could sit there and I used to do this as another thing for people out there who have a podcast or want to do a podcast. Trust me when I tell you this. A lot of, a lot of times you'll have a guest on and they'll go a lot of, um, and, uh, mm-hmm. now if it's excessive, you can go and get rid of some of them, but it sounds natural to say, um, and you know, and, um, and, and things like that. So, yeah. or kind of like, sometimes I'll like, you know, like that before I say something, mm-hmm. I used to try to edit that all out and strive for perfection. It ain't, it, it doesn't sound natural either. Whereas don't mess yeah, with it too much it, it's, it's so uh, time consuming dude you yeah. you're gonna if you don't know this already you're gonna learn this putting the editing and doing all the other shit is time consuming which is why mm-hmm. in some cases this is cool for you and if for no other reason you get to come on with me chat i say we we say our goodbyes and then it's like joe's like see you later i'm gonna do something <laughs> right i gotta put the work in that's how you are now you're in the you're in the other you know you're on the other side of it now because mm-hmm. When you're you guys are done recording, you're the one who's got to do all the fine tuning and stuff. Like oh yeah, that. don't don't think that's gonna allow you to pass it off to me though. Right, <laughs> just that's that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a good podcast, man. It really is. It's fun. It's uh, it's gonna do well. I know it's gonna do well. I I've seen a lot of people on Twitter raving about it. The early mm-hmm. reviews are are really good. And again, now that you guys are on Spotify. And, uh, and Apple. And as you get more podcasts out there and the more of them are available on the internet and mm-hmm. word spreads and there's more keywords when people search like that, it'll, it'll build, man. And it's fun to watch that process of it, of it building. I know you guys are going to do good, but anyway, uh, all right, let's jump into some Sabres talk here. So it's a holiday break now. Yeah. Premature. Start, start a little earlier than they want. A little earlier than, than it was supposed to, uh, premature COVID again, unavoidable, mm-hmm. man. I didn't, Last thing Joe and I want to talk about is any COVID stuff, but yeah. it's just unavoidable. COVID canceled games with uh, Columbus and who was it? Colorado, Colorado, Col- Columbus and Col- two with Columbus and one with Colorado. Yeah. Why? I mean, not why this, that would be a rhetorical question, but the NHL isn't like, aren't the players like a hundred percent vaccinated in the NHL or damn close to it? Yeah, they, they are, but the, the boosters are okay. not. And like for a lot of the, I know Pittsburgh, I think the Penguins made a big deal about it. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago. They, they, as a team, were just kind of like, yeah, no, we, we're getting our boosters. Like, okay, that's good because that'll, that'll save you a lot of trouble down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's vaccinated, meaning they got their two shots, which, you know, a lot of, it, very clearly, a lot of people don't have their third shot, which right. is frustrating. But like, I mean, I get it. I get it, but also like, I don't know. Now that now that like this this break has come has come in for everybody in the league, man, go get your boosters, guys. Just everybody get your boosters. Like it's gonna be, you know, it doesn't kick in fully until after two weeks, but like get it now to to kind of mitigate any of these problems popping up in the second half of the year because that Olympic break that they were gonna have is now gonna be fascinating schedule wise to see what they put in how they reschedule some of these games that week, because there's a lot of teams that, you know, if, whether it was like part of a road trip or like a West or East coast road trip, depending on, you know, if they're a West or East coast team, are they going to have to like shuttle across the country? Like the Maple Leafs might have to like buzz back to Arizona and Vegas between home games or something like that. Like it's crazy. I, I'm going to be really curious to see how it goes. And of course this happens because NHL players aren't going to the Olympics now. So that's because of COVID and the outbreak and, the fact that they could get stuck in China for five weeks if they test positive over there. So, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's even more disappointing stuff as far as hockey goes, because the NHL players in the Olympics is the most fun friggin' stuff going. Sure. Like it's so fun. Yeah. And it's a bummer. Like, like the players all want to go, but they also understand there's, a, there's so much going on right now. There's been so many games postponed. And I, I think even like the the part where they'd have to quarantine in China for up to five weeks is so far in the back of their minds because of everything else that is has come up. Because if they if they still win, I don't know how you're making up 50, 60 games without extending, you know, extending the season into like, like May or something like that's that's the only way. Right. Well, all right. So scheduling uh, conflicts or, or challenges ahead. 
that that's a separate story and mm -hmm. we'll see how that plays out we really don't know how that's going to play out quite yet it's going to be interesting like you said but in terms of the team right moving beyond COVID like I said this is why they're not playing this week this is why Joe and I have no games recent games to really fall back and, and talk about that aside like so it, we're at the holiday point what what you're feeling right now when it comes to this team so far this season as a team as a whole and maybe what are a couple of your uh like your your biggest pleasant surprises or maybe not surprises just things you like the most from what you've seen and and you know maybe uh a bad takeaway, like a player or two who just, you know, you, you expected more from them than uh, mm -hmm. than what they've given so far this year. It's a lot. I, um, that's, a, that's a lot to answer. I'll figure it out as I go. It's going to be very, it's going to be very random. But um, I know they've only won a third of their games. They've won 10 out of 30 games. Like that's not great. Uh, but I have, I have really liked the way that they play. Uh, I think the style of play that they're they're playing is a much more up to date, much more exciting brand of hockey. I think that's awesome to see that. Uh, that's that's been so that's been so needed in this area, just because teams in the past have had like the bigger star players, but they played such awful brands of hockey that it was you didn't even want to watch. So, but at least with this group, um, the, there was zero expectations, and they're playing a more fun style of hockey. So I like that. Um, Guys who have stood out to me, I mean, Tage Thompson, A, like that's he's absolutely the first first guy on the list when it comes to that. Uh, I really like Rasmus Asplund. Uh, I think he's been, I think he's been really solid this year. I think he's a very good. He can be a very good defensive forward, but he's also a guy that just you know he's always around the net and he always plays very hard. So I I, I like that about his play. Uh, I love Dylan Cousins. I think Cousins has been awesome. Uh, I know people want to see more offense, but um, he's been saddled with some pretty rough line mates for most of the season. So, you know, a lot of his passes have died on their sticks. So that's, that's again, that's a bummer, but that, that's a product of this team. Um, and who else? Who else? Uh, you know, I've liked Lukanen. I mean, it's hard to not like Lukanen. I mean, it's four games, four or five games. Uh, but UPL's looked really good. You know, two goals a game. I'll take it from from somebody who's been so hot and cold in the minors. What about Akposo? Um, Kyle's been awesome. Like Kyle's Kyle's a steady Eddie man. He's I mean, the team is going right now. By the way, oh yeah, well yeah. I mean, it's he's, but like he's not. He hasn't really changed his game at all. Like he's he's still who he is. He's just gotten more opportunities in those. You know, he's taken advantage of the opportunities he's he's had. And, the, you know, now he's he's been rewarded by playing further up in the lineup, which is good. Um, but again, I, I don't think Granado's I think the way Granado uses his lines, there's not really like one line that's playing a ton of minutes and then another line that's not. Everybody's pretty even. So I think that's it's a good way to keep everybody happy because everybody gets their minutes. But it, it also helps out guys like a, a Poso because he's able to contribute and be a be a bigger part of things and not just be, you know, a really solid four check defensive type forward. Like he, he's, he's been able to jump into the plays and get, get some goals and get some points. So that's awesome. Um, disappointing guys. I don't know, maybe Olofsson, but whatever his injury was is still hampering him. Like that's, I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it seems to be affecting his shot. He doesn't have the confidence in it right now. Um, and his shot, any shots that he's been taking the last couple of games have been way off the mark. So I wonder, wonder how much of that, injury whatever it is 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 really hampering him Darlene not necessarily a negative but it's I don't know it's just disappointing you know I, I think you, you want to see more and I think he, he's been better the last couple of weeks um, at least by the eye test I know by I know the advanced numbers may not agree with that but uh, but I, I think he's looked a lot better a lot more confident and that's what you need from him I think Yogi Haru has been really solid too um but like, you know, disappointment, every goalie, <laughs> every goalie that's not Craig Anderson that. or UPL, everybody <laughs> else has been bad. You know, Tukarski's yeah. not great. Dell's horrendous. Malcolm Subban, I don't know. He's played two games. So, you know, whatever. That's, we'll see. Report card incomplete there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, goaltending has been horrific. Just absolutely awful. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back with Joe Yard, and I'll say this. There seems to be a lot of positive about the team, and I think the reception amongst fans right now is at least reasonably satisfied, given the fact that the record is not good. They're still in the bottom third of the league in the standings, but with so many young guys and you know individuals that are playing well, as well as the kids in Rochester that are looking good, which mm-hmm. kind of gives you a little bit of excitement about the future. I feel like the fans right now are, uh, like I said, within reason at least, pretty uh, satisfied with the team. Couple guys that you didn't mention, I'll ask you about that. I kind of marked off as disappointment so far this year. And maybe it's not entirely their fault. Maybe it's because of, I don't know, just who they played with or whatever. But Anders Bork is one, a guy that I kind of expected a little more. Of course, he was a piece in the Taylor Hall trade. And obviously, they had to get rid of Taylor Hall, get whatever they could get for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he really. Last year, at times, he seemed like he was going to be a really good addition to this team going forward. And you look right now, 26 games, he's got four goals and five points. He haven't seen a lot from him. And then the other guy who, and again, maybe it's circumstance, but, and he's not even up with the Sabres right now. He's he's down in, in Rochester. But uh, Arturo uh, Rusalanian, mm-hmm. didn't really see much from him either. Like, what are your takes on those two guys right now? Yeah, I I think with Rusalanian, um, I think the deal with him is that there's something about his game or something the way that he plays that Granado just doesn't jive with um, because he's got a lot of ability. I mean, his shot, he's got a tremendous shot. Um, he seems to play really hard in and around the net. Um, I do wonder if maybe his defensive responsibilities aren't as, aren't where they need him to be. Um, I would love, I, love to get back and like just break down his shifts and see what he's doing that maybe Granado doesn't agree with. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe that's just a coincidence, but he always has, has seemed to be the odd man out when he was up, which I know when they, when they sent him down, they just, it seemed like they just wanted him to work on some things. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, you know, maybe that's what they want to see from him. But you know, there were, there were times when they they needed a guy on the power play to, to kind of provide a shot, especially when, uh, Olsen was banged up. It was like, boy, it'd be really cool to have Rutzelainen over there because he could really fire it from, from the circle. You know, why isn't he getting that opportunity? And he just, he just, he never, never did. Um, in Bjork's case, I don't know. I, I, the numbers aren't great. Um, I, I think, a, I think a part of that is, is kind of who he's played with. I think that's, I think that's a factor. I think, 
because he's been playing a lot with Cody Eakin and like Drake Julo was a guy that he was playing a lot with like that. That trio is not very good. Like, you know, Eakin, Eakin's been really good when he's played with Gergensen's and Opozo, but with anybody else, he's been really tough. It's been, it's been really hard for him. Um, but with Bjork, I mean, you know, he's, he's not a guy that's got a lot of offensive punch to begin with. Um, and he's kind of just, he's a, he's a really solid middle six guy, but like if you're counting on him to score a ton of goals, you're going to be disappointed. But, um, but you want him to be a really aggressive four checker and you want him to be in on plays a lot. But, um, I, I think maybe his line mates have made it a little bit more difficult. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't really done anything to really kind of jump out and seize, you know, seize the moments or whatever, but I don't know. It's, I know it's just, he's, he's been somebody that you just don't think of honestly. And like, that's, it's not great when you're a forward and you want to be, you want to be thought of in, in some positive light. Like, I mean, a lot of people think about Cody Eakin, but most of it's negative thoughts. Like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be the front of the mind when it comes to that. But, um, but in Bjork's case, it's just like, he hasn't done much of anything. Like, I mean, at least like with Vinny Hinostroza, you've seen him be active in plays and being on top of stuff. And, you know, he's probably not going to be a saber by the time the end of the season comes around. So, you know, maybe that's part of it, but, uh, but in Bjork's case, like, yeah, I mean, he's the guy you get for Hall, and you know, there's some expectations there, but I don't know. I, I, my, I don't know. My my expectations were not set extremely high for him. He played great when he came in last year, but I don't know. I did I didn't have the bar set terribly high for him, so I'm just kind of like, eh, all right, he's doing whatever, but fourth he's line, not he's not negatively guy, impacting. Fourth line say. guy is at his ceiling going forward. When you uh, factor in some of when you factor in some of the guys who might not even be here yet, like. If he's even with this team mm-hmm. as part of the future, you you see him as like that fourth line kind of guy. Uh, I think right now he's like I think peak third line, but fourth line's probably more likely. But um, I, I think he's got a little bit more speed to his game where I think he can fit in better on a third line setup. You know, fourth line is isn't usually like a big speed setup, especially with this team where it's. You know, it's Gergensen's and, you know, a lot of times Opozo, they're not the fastest skaters in the world. So, right. um, so I, you know, I don't sweat that too much, but, um, but I think in a normal, in a normal setup, I th- I'd say he's a peak third liner, you know, but he's, if you got him on your fourth line, that's okay. All right. Well, the Sabres are scheduled anyway, as of now to resume hockey, I think on the 27th, mm-hmm. those games are canceled, right? Not yet. Anyway, I'm, not yet. No, I'm careful with when it, when I say something, because this podcast, it seems like every time I, whether I'm by myself or with you, things change by the time, from the time we record to the time this ends up dropping. As I record this on Wednesday mid-afternoon, the NHL is scheduled to resume after Christmas and the Sabres are playing, uh, they're at home against the Islanders next Monday and then next Wednesday they're playing New Jersey. So we'll have a little bit of hockey to uh, hopefully talk about. All right, switching gears here though, football, I mean, obviously that's the big thing going on this mm-hmm. week with the Buffalo Bills. Cole Beasley, maybe the least surprising news of all of 2021, ends up getting COVID. Look, we'll we'll keep our personal views and, and, and attitude towards COVID. We'll put that aside. How we feel about Cole Beasley and a lot of the shit we've talked about this this summer. Go back and listen to plenty of old casual Fridays. And mm-hmm. you'll hear plenty of Pat and Joe talking and giving their opinion about Cole Beasley as a person and, and, and his stances and his beliefs. All that bullshit aside, all right, man? So he has COVID. He's not vaccinated. He's definitely out. There's not even a question of if he is out. This is what I'm most worried about. We taped last week for our show. And uh, by the time we were done, Deion Dawkins ended up catching COVID. Mm-hmm. And then on game day, John Feliciano, who's fully vaccinated, not only got COVID, but was in the ER on Sunday during the Bills game. And he, he ended up in the ER. I'm concerned. If I'm a football, I'm only gonna I'm gonna limit this to a football perspective or, or standpoint right now. Cole Beasley is a concern because he's Cole Beasley. He he's a very good route runner and, he, and he's an important part of this offense. Let's just put it that way. But I'm more concerned about between now and over the next couple of days, who else ends up getting COVID? Because that's yeah. the way it seems to be going around the league. We've seen it on a lot of teams. That's my primary concern. Like, what are, what are your thoughts right now when it comes to that? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that anytime somebody comes down with it, your immediate concern is like, okay, who else is going to, who else is going to get it? Um, and it seems to break down like, you know, position grouping by position grouping, you know, I mean, 
you know, the offensive line has gotten really knocked around with three, of them, you know, three COVID starters. Absences. I mean, Dawkins has gotten it twice. Spencer Brown. Uh, Spencer three. Brown got it. Another, and, uh, you know, Feliciano. It's three. Yeah, Feliciano. Three like, I think Tommy Doyle, the backup, I, I think he had COVID as well. So mm. there's been four offensive linemen. So you're, that's a good point you bring up. Yeah. There, and, there hasn't been other wide receivers yet, Joe. That's scary, man. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, Beasley getting it. I mean, listen, this, this is the find out part of fucking around this, as far as it goes with, with Beasley. Like, not surprised, but uh, but with Sanders hurt still, like they said, he's going to be in the you know, he's going to do the walkthrough. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man, old guy with a knee problem doesn't sound, doesn't sound great to be putting him out into action against a, a physical defense like New England. Um, and then you know, I mean, the Bills can get around it, like they, you know, Allen showed a big ability to get the ball to Dawson Knox quite a bit, yeah. Um, you know, because I know, you know, Beasley's basically, he's been good for a lot of catches, but it's like four yard catches and that's that. You know, right. In, in place of running. Mm-hmm. Knox gives you a little bit more downfield, not necessarily, like, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield, but, you know, seven, seven, seven to 15 yards, maybe like you can get, you can get a little bit further downfield with him. Um, and he's, a, he's been a, a really solid safety valve for Allen. Diggs, you know, I know Diggs still isn't getting a ton of targets, but at least they're finding him in the right moments. I would love to see him target him more because he's your he's your number one receiver. Like I don't know how you don't target your number one guy constantly, but that's that's a whole other argument. Yeah, Gabe it's a whole that's a whole other discussion point. But and Gabe um, Davis, I think Gabe Davis was an upgrade over yeah. a healthy Emmanuel Sanders at that second receiver spot. Yeah, and Davis has looked really good. Um, Davis to me is the reason why you don't really miss uh, Sanders too yeah, bad I agree. Uh, because because Davis is fine. I do wonder what this is going to be like without Beasley there to be like that, that soft underneath, you know, easy, easy catch guy. I, I, I guess you can make Isaiah McKenzie that guy, which not the worst, not the worst thing in the world. And plus you can, you can kind of screw around with your playbook a little bit more with McKenzie yeah. more involved. He had a nice, um, he had a nice catch in the slot um, in Sunday against Carolina as well mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they've got, they've got guys that can fill it out. Like that's not a problem. I like, it's not like they're throwing in somebody who's, you know, you know, if they were saying like Jake Kumro is going to be your number two receiver, then I'd be like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, I don't think we need that. Like that's, right. it's not the thing we're looking for there. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really sweat it. And like this game, I mean, provided a nor'easter doesn't strike, you know, this this weekend in in Foxborough, it there's going to be throwing involved in this game for once. So, and I'll give I'll give the Bills some credit; they showed they can run last week they whatever the i you know I, half of me is like i don't know what the hell carolina was doing hey <laughs> you know, right. because they 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 their defense was just very suspect and and, and, and the they, they've had a good defense throughout yeah. the season too that's the thing about the panthers they they suck on offense but the defense has been good i agree with you where, where you're going with it is you're saying the bills can withstand not having cole beasley and i completely yeah. agree with you i think you got a bigger role for Knox. I, I like Gabriel Davis. I think McKenzie could do just fine. I'm more concerned about two things. Number one, I just talked, we talked about it. They mm-hmm. can't, hopefully, knock on wood, it does not spread to the wide receiver room before Sunday because they can withstand losing Beasley for a game or two. They can't withstand losing Stefan Diggs. And quite frankly, I don't think they can withstand losing Gabriel Davis at this point either. Mm-hmm. That's scary. But um, my biggest concern far and away is the offensive line. Deion Dawkins, I talked about this a little bit earlier this week. I think we found out how valuable he is. Even though he's been up and down this year, he hasn't Mm -hmm. been by any means an elite left tackle, but his presence in this lineup matters because Spencer Brown is a pretty good rookie right tackle. He ain't ready to play left tackle, especially as a rookie when he's not getting those reps at practice every day. Mm -hmm. He was awful. He was probably the worst player on the field for the Bills. Against and he Carolina. took tons of penalties too. Three holding penalties. I think one didn't count. A stupid taunting penalty. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think that's a position he's not ready for. But anyway, Deion Dawkins, he he's uh, he could play. He's just got a test negative. Same with Feliciano. Which, by the way, it's not unheard of to have severe symptoms early in the week. In three or four days, you don't have any. Mm-hmm. My wife had COVID, and it was you know kind of the same deal. She was sick as a dog for two days. Day three, she's fine. So he could test negative twice. He potentially could play because he is vaccinated. Felicia mm-hmm. and Deion Dawkins could potentially both be there. 
they need Deion Dawkins. I think the offensive line is in a lot of trouble. But to set the stage, though, for the importance, the significance of this game, man, is essentially for all the marbles in the AFC East, for sure. I mean, if the Bills win, and it's certainly doable, if Mm -hmm. the Bills win, all they got to do is beat Atlanta and beat the Jets, both at home. That's it. No help from nobody, and the Bills lock up the AFC East. They lock up at least one home playoff game, for sure, Mm -hmm. if they beat New England. So... That's self-explanatory. If they lose, uh, they're not they're not eliminated by any means. But they obviously they got to beat Atlanta, they got to beat the Jets, and they might need some help. Then, if that happens, the way it's going, because it seems like every team in the AFC is going to be right around that, uh, you know, nine or ten window or win window mm-hmm. at the end of the season, and this would be their sixth conference loss. They're not going to look good in tiebreakers. They've lost to Indy heads up. They've lost to Tennessee heads up. They're uh. They've lost to Pittsburgh. They're only a half game ahead of Pittsburgh. They The Bills are in trouble if they lose this game. They're not done, but they're in trouble and they'll need some help. Now, what's the uh, what's the division winner tiebreaker? Is it conference record it's, or is it head to head? It's head-to-head. head-to-head, which they would split the Bills in New England. So, and then no, it would I'm go th- to division. I'm, I'm in classic uh, Rust Belt fashion. I'm thinking, I'm doom thinking where if they lose, if they lose to New England, like that's it. Because they're 0-2 the against division? them. They're, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, the they, like they can't win the division then. No, no. If they lose this game, forget about the division. No, I, no, no what game, I'm saying is they, they can't win it because they'll be two no. back with two left. Yeah, they're done. And then they're, they'll they're, be, you know, they're, they're, they're 0-2 done. against New England. That's that. Yeah, they're, like they they're can't mathematically win the done. If they lose in New England, winning the division is mathematically off the table. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking about they would have to win out their last two games, which I think they will do. Yeah. And they might, they need a couple of things, not a lot, but they're going to need at least one or two things along the way to go their way. You know, it's certain teams losing. Well, they got some help with, with the Raiders beating the Browns. Yeah, that, that helps. Helped, that helped out a lot. And they'll need, they'll need games similar to that if they lose this game against New England, which just the sheer factor of, well, I'll say this, the wind and when they played in Orchard Park the first time was a bigger factor than anything else. Mm-hmm. This time it's injuries. Like I said, if, if yeah. Dawkins and Feliciano are both, not so much Feliciano because I think he's only a, a modest upgrade over Eichbacher. I don't think either of those guys are terribly impressive. But Deion Dawkins, not just for the kind of player he is on the left, but it also allows you to keep Spencer Brown on the right, mm-hmm. where I think Spencer Brown is significantly better in part because that's, as a rookie, where he's worked. Yeah. I think Deion Dawkins, if you had... He's a far more significant key to being able to play Sunday than them not having Cole Beasley. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. And um, the way the the way the the line was able to play against New England um, the first game, like they were able to keep Judon from being a menace to society out there, um, you know, getting into the backfield, getting after Allen, like they were able to keep him away. But if you're without Dawkins and you know you got Brown on the left side. I think Judon's been strong playing the defensive left side, so he's coming on the right. He's coming up the right tackle side, but I don't know, man. If I'm New England, I switch sides and just have him have him run at Brown all game, and then yeah. decide how you're how you're going to do that. Now, they might need him more in coverage because if they keep going to Knox, then you got to you have to have a linebacker follow Knox around. You know, a linebacker or a nickelback that has to you know has to be hovering around him, but. Um, but any like losing anybody on the line against New England's front seven is bad. Like that's that's a bad that's a setup for a bad day. Let me put it to you in perspective this way. Final Bills point. I don't want to get a prediction from you. I want you to be a little bit bold here on our Christmas <laughs> edition. Here's for perspective on how important Deion Dawkins is to the Bills right now. And again, he ain't an elite Pro Bowl left tackle, but he's important. Here's how important he is. If he's out, you are lessening three positions. Three positions on the offensive line. A, you're taking Spencer Brown and you're moving him to left tackle. That's a downgrade from Deion Dawkins. Then you're taking Daryl Williams from right guard and you're putting him the right tackle. Daryl Williams is a better guard than tackle and Daryl Williams is a lesser right tackle than Spencer Brown is there right now. And perhaps the worst part of all this is you are now taking Cody Ford, who wasn't even good enough to be active two weeks ago, who had to start against Carolina because of these two COVID issues, he's starting. So Cody Ford goes from being a healthy scratch, chilling out on in jogger pants on the sidelines to being a starter. 
That's 60% of your offensive line. That's three-fifths of your offensive line, whatever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And you're playing the fucking New England Patriots for your division. A very formidable team with a good defense on the road. You don't want that. So bottom line here, folks, yeah. let's not worry too much about Cole Beasley. I think he's replaceable, at least short-term anyway. Uh, I would start worrying a lot more about Deion Dawkins, which for the record, because every time we talk about things, they end up, again, things happen after the taping. As of this taping, there's no news on Deion Dawkins. Give me your prediction, though. That's what I really, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, Where, how do you see this playing out? I know I'm going to get an unbiased unobje- or objective prediction from you. Yeah, I, I, in big game moments this season, the Bills have won once against a team that didn't have their shit together in Kansas sure. City. Yep. Every other big game they've had, they've come up pretty small. I mean, against good opponents. I mean, you can you can say the Carolina game's big because yeah, if they lose that, then they're down two games playing against New England, and then and then you're really up against it. Um, like that's a big game for the moment, but it's not a it's not a good team, you know. Like, um, I don't like how it says. I now mind you, I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I don't I don't think he's anything special. I don't you know at least right now. I mean, maybe you know maybe it changes in a year or two. Who knows. But right now he's he's pretty average. Um, their receiver crew is pretty average. Their tight ends are good. Um, they can run a little bit. Um, I you know the Bills defense has shown ability to kind of to nut up a bit. That's why I'm thinking. I think it's gonna be like a 2017 2014 game, but I think New England wins because I just I don't. I don't trust the Bills right now. They haven't shown me yet that they can stack up against a good team and come through with it. And I know people will scream at me about the Chiefs game constantly. I'll just be like, listen, you know, a Pop Warner team could have beat the Chiefs, <laughs> you know, the first five weeks of the season. They were a mess. They're, yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're obviously a different team now. I think if the Bills played them the way they're playing now, that's a, that's a way more interesting game. Like that's a, that's a way more interesting game to me, but. Um, but I just, I don't know. The bills, bills have found ways to come up small in these big games consistently all season. And that, that's what I, I mean, if I were a gambling guy, I would not touch this game with a 20 foot pole. Never mind a 10 foot pole. I wouldn't touch this game at all. Yeah. I wouldn't feel good about either. I would, you bet on either side of it, money, like like anything. I I would be like, "Mm, nope, nope, nope. I hate every bit of it. If the consequence of being wrong is like, oh, well, I was wrong. Who cares? Whatever. Big deal. Right. But yeah. yeah. I'm now I don't give a game, shit. Like it doesn't yeah. cost me money. <laughs> yeah. If I'm putting money on this game, I'm not feeling good about whichever game, whichever side I took. I'll say this. You're right. History this season, at least recent history. is. Yeah. I don't care those, about the last five years. Yeah, I care yeah, like this year. shit about that yet. Yeah. This season has suggested that the bills have come up short in what we'd like to call statement games. You know, mm-hmm. I don't got to run through them all, but Andy Tampa, well, I guess I am. New England, <laughs> Tennessee, they lost all those games. Those were considered potential statement games. They did beat Kansas City. Kansas City was a, a complete disaster. Um, the offense was a mess. Mahomes just, the weirdest turnovers were happening to them seemingly every week mm-hmm. for a while. Um, the, just the locker room was a mess. Chris Jones, who dominates the Bills, he didn't even play that game. Melvin Ingram wasn't even on the team yet. He was still a Pittsburgh Steeler. I think, by the way, what I'm leaning to is right now is I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and I hate to say mm-hmm. it, but. I think they are because I think they got their shit together. But I, let me say this, though. I'm going to give the Bills the benefit of the doubt on two things. Number one, I think I'm going to give Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier credit. I think they're going to learn their lesson from the game in Orchard Park a couple of weeks ago. I think they're going to find a way somehow, some way to say if Mac Jones, who will throw the ball this time, I would assume more than three times, we're right. going to make this dude throw the football, man. I don't care if we got to put 11 guys in the box. He's going to have to beat us with his arm at points. And I don't think he could do that. And I think this is a week where if the Bills win, Josh Allen vaults close to the top uh, of a potential MVP race. If he plays good, and I think he's going to, I actually like the Bills. That's where I'm getting to here, Joe. I think the Bills are going to win this game. Maybe it's because I just think they're too good of a football team to potentially not make the playoffs. I guess maybe that's where I land on. I, st- I thought this Maybe it's you ago, also being a Bills fan too it, it <laughs> and is. hoping. I don't want to admit it. And I'm being, obje- I like to be objective on this podcast, but maybe it is. Maybe my heart is creeping in a little bit here to my prediction, but 
I like the Bills. I just think they're too good of a football team to potentially not even be in the playoffs. I just think there's too much talent. I thought they were better than New England a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I do think the weather had a factor in it. Hopefully it won't this time around, and I'm going to go with the Bills. I don't have a score, but I think the Bills are going to win. That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. Speaking of winning. Speaking of blowouts. What a fucking <laughs> segue into our final segment here. Our, our weekly <laughs> Our weekly starting five draft, and oh, God, man, let's just jump right into it. Is Last this the week, worst beating you've ever taken? It, it's If it's not the worst, it's the second worst. I, <laughs> I think I got beat once worse before. I don't even remember what it was, but it, this is right up there. This Del was handed a, you your lunch once before, Yeah, right? he did. I don't remember with what, but he did once. But, man, this was really bad. So last week, we drafted Christmas movies. I said this was Christmas month. We're going to have Christmas-themed drafts. All month. And we're doing that today as well, too. Last week, Christmas movies. All right. I'll, I'll read the list before the, the final poll number. So Joe drafted Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, A Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm getting so mad at this point. And then that Emmett whatever and the whatever. Emmett Otter's whatever's. Jug Band Christmas. Yeah. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. All right. I drafted Scrooge, The Santa Claus, The Preacher's Wife, Fred Claus. Big mistake. And love actually, bigger mistake. <laughs> Joe won that poll. And by the way, over 800 votes too. So it wasn't just like a little smattering of votes. 89% to 11. I only polled 11%. I got killed in the polls. I got killed even worse in the comments. Um, I was accused. I was accused of tanking like the 2014, 2015 Sabres. I, I was asked if I was even trying Someone asked if Joe Yurden had the first five picks of the draft. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, then, and then the best was so funny because, all right, so I told you at the beginning of this podcast how I had this great honor of speaking to high school kids at uh, mm-hmm. Sweet Home High School from their mass media class. Well, I put that up. Brian Cozio tweeted out, you know, big thanks to Fabriani. Put a picture of me up on, you know, the, their Zoom in their classroom on this big screen, which was kind of weird. Anyway, <laughs> among the comments for that, some guy and he actually sent me a DM to apologize and said, I hope you didn't take that too personal, but I couldn't help it. I thought it was funny. He goes, um, he's, so he said this, he goes, you should have gotten Joe to speak about the starting five segment of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm so bad at drafting that I should, when it came to that stuff with the podcast, I should have had you speak for me on my behalf when it comes to that. That's how bad that was. I mean, yeah. Give but. that kid an A already. He's already, he's already passed the class. He's honors. The only thing I'll say in my defense is I've watched 25 Christmas movies for the first time over the first couple weeks of this mm-hmm. month of December mm-hmm. and the, the Santa, the Santa Claus, which I, I still stand by that, but the preacher's wife and especially Fred Claus and love actually no business being on there. I should have snagged like miracle on 34th street elf. That was the one mistake we both yeah. said that we both we survived that one. We survived I, that because I thought about it like as soon as we we said goodbye last week, I was like, oh frick, yeah, so, forgot Elf, yeah, or uh, Home Alone one or yeah. two. I could have done a lot better by picking those, and at least I probably would have gotten 35 percent. It would have been a little more respectable. There it we is, folks. It. The the weekly Joe Yurden fire alarm here. <laughs> it's going. I think on. they're they're coming to put out my lead because yeah. I was I was on such fire. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're doing this week. We're doing Christmas characters, which I guess could be TV or movies. And by the way, I've done no research on this, so I'm kind of winging it here. We did agree, though, or I told you ahead of time, we're going to exclude Santa Claus. Santa's too obvious. If Mm -hmm. if you have Santa, who's, you know, you're going to get 40% of the vote just for having Santa Claus. So he's too obvious, so we're going to exclude him. So Christmas characters, excluding Santa. Who had the first pick last week? Uh, I did. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. You took National Life Who's Christmas Vacation. That's right. That was number two on my board. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, <laughs> it was high on mine. All right, so I got the first one here. Uh, yeah, I don't even know why. I'm... You know what? I'm going to steal one of your picks from last week. Okay. It's going to be my first one. Clark Griswold. All right. No, I, 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 look, you got, you got to him before I did last week. I would have been picking him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Just fucking hilarious. I loved everything about him. I loved Chevy Chase. I thought that was the perfect character, the family guy where everything goes to shit around him. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I'm not going to explain it more than that. Clark Griswold is my guy. He's my first pick. You got two. So I'm going to make amends for last week. Um, for the ones that we, some of the ones we excluded, I'm going to take the Grinch. 
Okay, good one. That's that. By the way, that was number two on my list. Uh, and I'm also going to take Buddy the Elf because mm. I gotta, I gotta listen. It was. I'm not okay. Confession: I'm not a huge fan of the movie Elf, but Buddy, but Will Ferrell as Buddy is freaking great. He is. So he is. yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had to make a mention because those were the two the two movies I kept hearing about were were, um, uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas and um, and Elf were the two yeah. that everybody was just like, how the hell do you not pick those? And I was like, listen, sorry, like I already picked the five greatest movies. What do you want from me? All right, all right, good picks. I'm gonna go. I got, I had the Grinch too. I was kind of, I don't know why. I hope that you might not pick that. All right. I'm going to go Ralphie from Christmas story. I, nice. I don't necessarily love that movie. I think it's a little overplayed and overrated, but he is a great character and his oh, quest yeah. to get that, to get that BB gun is, uh, is awesome. And, uh, see now I, I'm scared now. <laughs> I'm scared to go on limbs because I tried doing that last week and it just, I got completely pummeled for it. But again, you stole my movie last week. <laughs> so I'm going to steal two characters from that movie in the same mm -hmm. draft. And I'm going with cousin Eddie. Okay. Randy Quaid. I, come on, man. That guy was awesome in that movie. And it makes me want to you know, put my bathrobe on. And I think, you know what, Randy Quaid, I don't remember it word for word, but he had a tweet where he basically said for $10 million, he would put on the bathrobe and took a bear on your lawn for, for, for Christmas. So it was pretty funny. I love that movie, man. I love Cousin Eddie. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with there. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Because he's got his own freaking Christmas song. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't feel the need I have to explain. No, you don't. Why I'm picking <laughs> Rudolph. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Rudolph, like, that's just, he helps out Santa, man. Like, yeah. that's. It's pretty great. Yeah, pretty cool. I agree. You know? Um, and I'm going down my list here. Who's the other one? Who's another one here? Uh, but, but, but. I'm really hoping you fuck up somehow. <sighs> I need a close race. Well, yeah, man. you need to win more than anything. I, I mentally need to I mentally need to have a close race. <sighs> See, I got a couple. Of, I got a couple in mind here, and I'm not sure which way I want to go. Uh, let me you while know, you're thinking. Let me tell you one you cannot say. If you say it, I'm going to turn this recording off right now and uh, end this fucking podcast prematurely. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now while you're thinking. Don't okay. say Ernest. Oh, Jesus, you know that no. the guy, the Ernest saves Christmas. I'm telling you right now, I watched 25 movies and any other Christmas movie I've ever seen before that mm -hmm. by far the worst. I got a lot of shit. People were defending him. That character is so stupid and corny. And I know he's not necessarily, well, he is a Christmas because he was in Ernest saves Christmas. Don't fucking pick Ernest. Whatever the hell his last name was. You can't, that <laughs> I will not accept no. you being in doing that. I so. would, I would never, I would never, I would, <laughs> would never do that. Uh, yeah. But I will go with, uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. Okay. That's a good one. That's that that that'll pull well. Very popular. All right. Can't hate you on that. <laughs> all right. Well, Your so last I got two. Make it good. All right. These are my last two. I gotta have one traditional one as well. You have Rudolph. I'm gonna go Frosty the Snowman. He has his own song, his own cartoon. Now very popular. I know it's always shown at Christmas time. Is Frosty here's a debate question. Is Frosty the Snowman really a Christmas song? Uh, well, I hear it. Every I'm not, Christmas. no, I'm not questioning your call here because no, no, because it, it is aired at Christmas time constantly. Like that's, yeah. you, you don't play it in the middle of like February. Like that's, that shit doesn't happen, yeah, I, but it's I, like, I, like he is, but he like, it, it, he's Schrodinger's Christmas character. Like he is, and he isn't a, <laughs> a Christmas person. <laughs> uh, he is, he's Christmassy enough for me. Yeah. All right. I got one more and this is where I was torn. Oh God, I, I am legit torn on this one. I, it's one of two. You know, I, I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Willie Stokes, who's bad Santa. Okay. Billy right. Bob Thornton, just a drunk alcoholic criminal person who played Santa Claus. Um, 
Is that eligible? I mean, he's not. Oh really yeah. Santa Claus. Oh yeah. Yeah. No bad. Bad Santa man. That's, yeah. He doesn't. That's... Yeah. He's. That's bad. That's eligible. I'm. Uh, yeah. I got to stick with it. I already made the pick. So there you go. There's. There's my five. I, as you can tell, I don't feel good about that. It's not that I didn't like him. I think he's a great character. Mm-hmm. I think he's fucking hilarious. I just. I'm thinking in my mind, and I'm admitting this. Um. I'm thinking that it might not play well with our audience, but we'll see. Though. Well, I, I do wonder how many people know the name. That's I think what that's, I'm talking about. I think about. that's where you might get hurt is I people agree. go, who the hell's that? I and they look it up and they go, oh, I already I voted it? for Joe. That, okay, too bad. It's Christmas time. It's the season <laughs> of giving. Let me change my pick. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you a gift. You can change this one. All right, good. I'm going to take <laughs> I am, and I am legit changing it. Just to a more recognizable name and a, okay. a story, not necessarily him as a character, but he's part of the story of of a great uh, Christmas movie, Ebenezer mm-hmm. Scrooge. Okay. I'm going to take Ebenezer Scrooge. I really don't need to explain that much. No. Because I agree with you, man. If I take uh, Willie Stokes, most people aren't even going to know who the hell it is. I'm well, I'll tell Scrooge. you this right now. Uh, feel very benevolent because uh, Scrooge was not going to be on the board when this was over because that was absolutely going to be who I was taking and I was going to dunk and hang on the rim on you for doing so um <laughs> i mean um as you can tell everyone listening we do not rehearse these and we do not no. tell each other at a time nope. who we're gonna pick these are in real time <laughs> and quite often when we have these categories we're literally like going through an internet list and kind of deciding on the fly i sometimes i have this big board and sometimes mm-hmm. i don't i don't have a big board right now i'm just looking at a bunch of characters and trying to choose I, uh, well, I'm okay with you taking Scrooge because there's still a ton of, there's a ton of freaking Christmas sure. characters, but I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna fall back with one of the movies that I did take last week and I'm gonna pick George Bailey. Okay. From It's a Wonderful Life. That's a good one. It's, that, that'll pull well too. Smart yeah. people will know who that is. Where is, right. Whereas I, I, I would hope the movie's out. been around enough and been shown enough times that you know exactly who the Frank George Bailey is. Yeah. People look at that. I don't, who the hell is George Bailey? I'm like, God damn, watch a movie, please. <laughs> watch any, watch a Christmas movie that means something, crying out loud. Let, let me recap here. So I want to make sure I have these right. I got Clark Griswold, Ralphie, Cousin Eddie, Frosty the Snowman, and Ebenezer Scrooge. Joe took the Grinch, Buddy the Elf, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Kevin McAllister and George Bailey. All right. Look, I feel confident that this is going to not be Mm -hmm. 89 to 11. I don't feel confident (laughs) that I'm going to win. Quite frankly, I feel decent. I feel like I got a chance. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I I think this is pretty even. I I do. I think this is even. This this is one of those. If you win, I gifted you the, I gifted you a win. That's the, that's the best gift I could give you. It is. Well, it is Christmas. (laughs) I mean, it is Christmas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll see alright well we're, we're gonna get out of here today so alright everyone go <laughs> follow at Joe Yurden you keep adding shit now that I gotta promote here so he's got Noted Hockey the Substack. make sure you subscribe to that that's a lot of fun you write a lot of good stuff there and now of course Maintenance Day the podcast when Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo News that drops every Monday and you can get that on Apple or Spotify now Mm-hmm. really cool man everyone out there Merry Christmas man I, I mean it man this is uh, this doing this podcast period is a lot of fun and uh, I love the feedback and I love these are my favorite shows man I love doing this with you we've done this for long enough now that mm-hmm. I really don't need to tell you much I send you a link you click the link we talk for 30 seconds and, and then we just start rolling you never say hey what are we going to do today what are we talking about today the only thing you know ahead of time is the, the, the topics for the track that's it but anyway man <laughs> Always good to have you, buddy. I love having you on, man. It's it's always a pleasure to be on, and have have a great Christmas. And everybody listening, have a great Christmas. And uh, and uh, yeah, that's make sure there's a lot of milk and cookies out there for, for Santa. <laughs>